Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, happy Valentine's Day. For those of you that I haven't had the privilege of meeting in person with yet, uh, of getting to know you, of hearing your story, of giving you a hug, of having you over for dinner, it's coming. Uh, And I can't wait for it. Uh, As James said, my name is Greg, and I am married to my best friend, the most beautiful woman in the world, Alex. And uh, together we have four amazing kids, Emmanuel, Eden, Jonas, and Gideon. Hi, guys. I love you. Uh, Last night, let me just move this. Uh, Last night I was in my uh, office and uh, I was just doing some work and all of a sudden in barged uh, Gideon and Manny, and Manny had something that he had to show me, one of his contraptions that he'd made, and it was actually uh, pretty cool and kind of dangerous. Uh, and so we looked at it, we played with it, and then uh, shortly thereafter, out the door they went. And from down the hall, I could hear Manny say, I love you, Dad. And uh, Gideon was trailing behind, so he was still in the doorway of my office, and he repeated what Manny said, I love you, Dad. And uh, already I'd gone back to my work, and so I was at my laptop, and without even looking up, I just said to him, I love you, to which I heard from the doorway again, Dad, look at me. And I looked at him, and he said it again, I love you, Dad. And for me, it was just such a great reminder of God's heart for you and me of how he longs for our undivided attention, just so that we can know and hear him say, I love you. Distraction is a huge problem uh, today in our our culture. And uh, just with the sheer volume of information available to us, with the unparalleled access that we have into each other's lives through different communication means and the ever-increasing number of screens at our disposal, there has never been a time where we have been more tempted to be distracted. There, uh, there was a study back in 2000 by Microsoft on a, I think it was on 2000 Canadians actually, and uh, They were looking at people's average attention span, and what they found is that the average attention span for somebody over 18 years of age at the time was 12 seconds. 12 seconds. 15 years later, they did the study again, and they found that that number had actually decreased to 8 seconds. 8 seconds. The average attention span... Uh, of an adult in Canada, they say, is less than that of a goldfish. A goldfish is nine seconds. And so we, we are prone to and conditioned for, in many ways, distraction. And so today I want to talk about the problem of distraction. I want to talk about what we can learn from distraction, and ultimately what we can do about it within our lives. And we're going to begin together in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2, and it says this, it says, 
And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The beginning of Hebrews 12, in many ways, is the conclusion to chapter 11, where the writer of Hebrews talks about all these heroes of faith, these great men and women who endured in the face of persecution. Who, who saw the promise from a distance, held on to it, but never actually realized it within their lifetime. And the writer of Hebrews is telling us that we are to be inspired by their example. We're to be encouraged by their cheers. In many ways, like an athlete would have been in these grand arenas with the crowds around them in the ancient Roman world. The writer of Hebrews says, like those athletes, like those heroes of faith from the past, so we are to run. Let us run. And I want you to notice from the text that where we are running is not just in circles. You know, I, I like to exercise, not so much these days as you can probably tell, but what we're talking about here in terms of running is not, you know, trotting around touring the neighborhood. This is not a running laps on a track where we go home to the same place where we started before. In talking about us running and calling us to run, there is a definite end goal in mind. There is a destination point, and that is Jesus Christ. The Christian life is about knowing and growing and becoming like Christ. And in order for that to happen, the writer of Hebrews says that there are things that we need to throw off. There are things within our life that will hinder us and keep us from running well. As in the ancient world, when a runner would run a race, they would strip down to their loincloth, to their undies, if you will. They would take off their, their togas these long flowing robes that in many ways would restrict them, that would trip them up, and that would keep them from running well. And in the same way, like these runners, in our journey to becoming more like Christ, the writer of Hebrews says, throw off everything that hinders. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I love that. It says everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It's almost like, there's, there's an understanding here that, of course, we're going to throw off the sins. Like we, we know that in becoming more like Christ, in order to become more like Him, we cannot continue to live in sin, right? I mean, Christ died to set us free from it. Paul says in Romans 6, I have died. I have died to my old nature, to my sin nature, that I might not live in it any longer, Right? I've been buried with Christ, and we understand that Christ has paid the punishment for our sin. He has forgiven us and set us free of it all, and therefore, why would we hold on to it? Why would we live in it? Throw it off. The sin that so easily entangles. But he says this, everything that hinders. Everything. 
And obviously we know about the, the sin in our life and throwing that off, but, but I don't know if we always think about everything that might hinder us. And, and here I'm especially talking about distractions. Distractions are those things in our lives that, that tend to shift our focus off of God and put it on something else that's of less importance. And there could be all kinds of things contributing uh, to those distractions, all kinds of different factors and things that would cause us to be distracted in our life. But at the end of the day, we need to ask ourselves, are these things helping or hindering my walk with Christ? Are, are, Are they enabling me to run this race well, or are they keeping me from it? And the writer of Hebrews says, if, if they are, then we got to throw them off. Throw them off. Don't, don't hold on to them. Don't, don't just, you know, well, should I or should I not? If you recognize that it is hindering your walk, then we got to throw it off. And I think it's important for us to call these things what they actually are. Because the Bible calls them idols. Anything that we put before God, anything that we seek first instead of Him, that we value more than Him, is an idol. And idols were meant for one thing and one thing only, to be destroyed. They will divide our attention and our hearts, and they're going to water down our affection for Jesus. And so we got to throw them off. Not only do we need to, to see distractions for what they are, but we also need our, to, to see ourselves for who we are. Because the Bible says that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 to verse 7, 1, I'm just going to read it for us. It says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? It says, For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among, among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, For we are God's temple. We're God's temple. No longer does he dwell in a tent. No longer has he made his dwelling place in a wooden box covered in gold. He says that I will make my dwelling in you. And we are the temple of God. His spirit resides within us. I mean, what a privilege that he would call us his sons and daughters, that we would be so loved that we would be the children of God, adopted into his family, his beloved. When we entertain distractions, it keeps us from focusing on God. When we allow these idols within our lives, we, we limit our experience and our expression of God's love. It's not that he he loves us any less. 
He has loved us and will forever love us with a perfect, unending, unconditional, all-powerful love. But it's simply that we settle for a poor substitute. I want to ask you, within your life, as you look at your love for the Lord, as you look at your relationship with God right now, how would you describe that love? Would you describe it as a red, hot, fiery love? Or would you describe it as something more uh, lukewarm? I, I absolutely love uh, going through the marriage course right now with my wife. We have just finished week three. And let me tell you, it has been amazing. It has been so awesome to get to know uh, some of you a little bit more and to be able to journey with you together in this. Uh, I can tell you that 13 years ago when my wife and I started talking about dating, I was walking around the apartment just like in pain. I, I mean, I could hardly breathe. I was so enamored with this girl, Alex. I was so over the top in love. I just, I, it was really tough to do anything else but to think about this woman. We've been married now for almost 12 years. And over the course of that time, it has been amazing. But you know, we've, we've also had four kids. We also have full-time jobs. And between all these things and life and just, you know, the years, it's at times you take it for granted. At times you're busy. At times it's just kind of normal. But let me tell you, having this time on the marriage course to be able to carve out intentional time in our busy schedule to give each other our undivided attention, to just share our hearts together, it has done wonders for our relationship. And I can honestly say that we are more in love than ever. Where is your love for the Lord? It, it may have started as a fiery, red-hot love where you couldn't shut up about Jesus because you were so in love. You were so aware of His love for you. And out of that place, so in love with Him, they just wanted to share it with anyone and ev everyone who would listen. But maybe you've been a Christian for some time now and it's become kind of normal. You know, and you've gotten busy within your life. Even in the midst of a pandemic, there's all kinds of things that are there to distract us. And maybe that love is just kind of lukewarm. I want to suggest to you that if you look at your life right now and your relationship with Jesus and that love is lukewarm, then chances are there may be something there that you need to surrender there may be something there that's actually distracting you and keeping you from giving Christ your undivided intention and the fullness of your heart that you could live in the fullness of His love. And so I want to ask you today, what do you need to throw off? What's distracting you? It could be different things for different people. Maybe it's ungodly motivations, selfish ambition, where, where we're trying to prove ourselves or find our identity in what we're doing or making a name for ourselves. Maybe it's unhealthy habits, uh, addictions, self-indulgences, things that we, we just can't help but go back to again and again, even though they really don't satisfy us.
Maybe it's wrong mindsets. Maybe it's uh, negative thoughts and, and fears and anxieties that we need to throw off. Maybe it's material possessions and that desire to have bigger and better and newer and greater all the time. I, I don't know what it is. I know for me in the past, one of, one of the big things in my life was, was this addiction to pornography. And, and just being able to, to throw that, that off through the grace of Jesus Christ and experiences healing and freedom has made a world of difference and has brought me into just such a, a deeper experience of his love. But right now, the thing that I'm throwing off is, is this, this past month, I've just been going, God, what is it? How can I burn more for you? How can my heart be more on fire for you? How can, how can I live with, with just giving you my undivided attention. And one of the things that, that came up in prayer was just social media. And, and so just I, I figured out how to get rid of the news feed on my phone. You know, swipe left and the news feed is there. And I would, I would do that like 10, 15, 20 times a day. You know, I'd find myself just going through and, and reading stuff. and like, what? There's, there's nothing in this for me. I'm getting nothing out of this but doing it again and again. Instagram, Facebook, I, I take these apps and I throw them to like the, the, third, the third swipe of my phone just so that this month I can, I can stay off of this stuff. Because it's not necessarily bad in and of itself, but when it gets in the way of us going to God first, it's an idol. And it needs to be thrown off and put in its proper place. And I'll tell you, even just with, with the news app, it was frustrating. It was, it was even a little bit painful. I'm, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? It's still not working. But that's what we're called to do as disciples. This is deny yourself. Deny yourself. If you want to follow me, take up your cross daily and follow not so that we could, we could live a poor, miserable life, but so that we could experience the fullness of his love and inexplicable joy. I want to stop right here for a moment, and I just want to pray. And I want us to take a moment to just ask God, God, what might be distracting me from knowing your love more in my life? Just close your eyes. Let's do our best to limit distractions and just, just listen to him for a moment from your heart, from, from the place of a, a willingness to surrender. Just ask him, God, what is it? I'll do it, Lord. Just, just speak. I want to live in the fullness of your love. And I want to encourage you today that as the Lord speaks to you, I, I want to encourage you to take steps to intentionally throwing that off. Not, not holding on to it or entertaining it or any way or questioning, yeah, should I get rid of this or should I not? Is this really a thing? If he brings it up, lay it aside. Throw it off. Now, if we find ourselves being distracted by something again and again, it actually may be worth us taking note of it. Not in the sense that, that we get lost in this distraction and we just go full bore after it, but, 
but that we look to learn from it and in such a way that it ultimately brings us back to focusing on Jesus. Uh, a, a story that we reference again and again is the story of Mary and Martha and Jesus coming over to their house. And I want to quickly read it because I think it just so speaks to this point. It says in Luke 10, 38 to 42, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Look at this. Martha, Luke tells us, was distracted. She was the one who opened her home and invited Jesus to come in. And then she went off and busied herself in the kitchen, huffing and puffing about these preparations that needed to be made. Jesus tells, her, tells us why Martha was distracted. He says, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. I don't know exactly what Martha was worried about. I'm assuming that it had something to do with, with food, with feeding people. Maybe with how she would look to others if she didn't do it well. Maybe if the food wasn't prepared in the right way or on time or if it didn't taste good. But here's my point. Martha thought she was doing the right thing to the point where she is telling the Lord, Lord, tell her to help me. It wasn't until Jesus pointed out to her that she came to see her busyness wasn't of the Lord at all, but rather a distraction that was getting in the way of her knowing him more. What is the real distraction? What is my heart actually longing for, Lord? Those are really great questions to ask the Lord in the midst of distraction and allow these distractions within our lives to actually become detours to greater intimacy with Jesus. As we fix our gaze on Him. I mean, we'll never be satisfied by looking at ourselves, but only in looking at Jesus. I love what Nicky Gumbel says. He says, for every one look within, take ten looks at Him. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, says the author of Hebrews. Because here's the, here's the deal. Every distraction that takes our focus off of Jesus is a counterfeit to something that our heart is actually longing for in Him. I'll say that again. Every distraction that shifts our focus off of Jesus is actually a counterfeit to something that our hearts are really longing for in Him. If we are to run this race well, it comes down to throwing off these things that, that hinder us. Fixing our gaze on Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith, and as we do so, we will become more like Him we will become like the one who is love. Paul says this, he says in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, Behold, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. I'll never become more like Jesus by focusing on me. 
I'll never be satisfied in this life by looking at myself. It's like running with your head down. If you've ever tried that before. Navel gazing. You know, it, first of all, you can't run very fast. Second of all, you're prone to hit things. And thirdly, it's not a lot of fun. In this exhortation to run, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, I'll close with this. How do we do that? Okay, so I need to fix my gaze on Jesus and not on these distractions. How do we do that? Really quickly, three things that help me. Number one is prayer. Instead of, instead of trying to just avoid the distraction or act like it's not there, talk to God about it. Talk to him about it. Invite him into that, the midst of that distraction. Ask him, Jesus, what's going on here? What is it that I'm actually afraid of? Or what do I long for? that this isn't providing, that you ultimately can. Prayer is conversation, and he allow that, like I said, that distraction to bring you into a place of finding what you need in him. Secondly, worship. Worship has this amazing ability to drown out the noise of the enemy and the world within our lives. And, and worship is not just me singing a song on a Sunday how I many know worship can also very much be me throwing off a distraction on a Tuesday? It's not a singing, it's a lifestyle of surrender, of making God my all in all. Thirdly, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has been huge for me of just reminding me of, of what Christ has done on my behalf, of recognizing in the midst of my day-to-day routine those things that he, he is doing. And it helps me to really position myself to receive of all that I need from him. I just want to close with this. Christ Church has done it all. He has provided it all. He longs to be our all in all. And I want to encourage you today, don't settle with temporary worldly pleasures. Don't allow yourself to become busy and distracted by different things at the expense of knowing the fullness of his love. God wants your undivided attention. Not because he's some insecure, egotistical God who needs more followers. He's a good and perfect father who desperately wants to show you how much you are loved. And I want to close by just praying that each one of us would have a fresh revelation of the love of God in our lives today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have done it all on our behalf and that your longing is for our focus, our undivided attention, all of our heart, so that you can enable us to live in the fullness of your love, in the fellowship of your spirit, in this indescribable joy, O oh God. And today, O oh Lord, we're asking, O oh God, for a greater revelation of that love. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that we would know how wide and long and deep and high is the love of Christ, that we would know that tangible, all-changing, all-powerful love for us, for us that we could shine it out and live it out to the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Greg, that was awesome. Thank you for that incredible message, the incredible reminder to us about fixing our eyes on Jesus and eliminating distraction from our lives.
Well, I just pray for each and every one of us that we would be able to take that and put it into practice, that we'd allow God to speak to us and, and just show us things that are in anything that's in the way of us just being able to focus on Jesus. There's that one quote that Greg said about for every, I think from Nikki Gumbel, for every time we look at ourselves, we should at 10 times be looking at Jesus so that we can. Remember, it's not about us, it's about him in everything we do. Kirill reminded me, I forgot to mention in the announcements, that tax receipts have gone out in the last couple of weeks. They've gone out by email. So check your email if you didn't notice it come in. Check your junk box just so you've got that for your tax return to be able to get that tax benefit uh, at the end of the year for the donations you've made. And uh, everyone, have an amazing day today. Have an amazing family day tomorrow. And uh, just a wonderful week. Take care. We'll see you online next week.